Yes, coming in hot with episode 37 of the Football Played on Paper podcast. I'm Sean and I'm joined by a man who now thinks United are favourites for the title jobber. How are you, mate? Good. <laughs> I absolutely did not say that. Uh, you did. Mugged off during the week. So, look, just a bit of an aside there. So, you've been on holiday. So, how was Capitol Hill? Uh, no, I didn't go that far north, um, but I do have a nice little glow about me, just so the listeners know. Um, skin tan is um, looking on point and el naturel. And the brave, um, heart, the brave heart face paint, you've washed it off now, it's all gone. <laughs> That's gone. I am <laughs> recording this pod from a new lectern, so read into that what, what you will. Um, all right, we got a big show, mate, so I might get into the flavour of the pod. we got an opening question, then we've got weekly happenings, EPL review, Carabao Cup review, then the FA Cup preview. So all three domestic competitions on the menu today, but let's kick off with the opening question. All right, so January transfer windows popped up and Big Sam has already snuck Robert Snodgrass in. So I was thinking if you could sign one player for one club in this transfer window, who would it be? And I can sign anyone. Um, sign anyone and you can be any manager. You can even be Fat Frank. Jeez. Oh, I think I would probably look at two players. The first one would be David Alaba. So I know his contract's coming up soon. Um, he's out at Bayern at the moment. He's only 24. He's been playing at centre-back, but he can play anywhere. He can play um, on the wing. He can play left-back or right-back or any of the centre-back spots. So I think I'd probably sign him as my number one. I think Liverpool have been in for him, actually. Um, So they obviously need a centre-back. I think this week they played with... um, uh, They played with Fabinho and Henderson at centre-back, so no recognised centre-backs there. So they're in for him. And, of course, Real Madrid are in for him as well. Um, And the other one would be you've got to be messy, don't you? You've got to have a look at his contract. I think things aren't going much better for him at um, Barca than they were at the start of the season. The relationship with the board there is even more fractured. So, yeah, you'd be in for Messi as well. So I think... Um, if I'm Klopp, I'm getting Alaba, and if I'm the bald fraud, I would be getting Messi. What about you? So I've gone a different tact. So I've thought deeply about this, and I haven't gone with free transfers. So if I was one manager and I could sign one player, I would be Marco Bielsa, and I would sign a defensive midfielder. So I don't know exactly who that would be. It could be Declan Rice. You know, it could be. Ideally, it'd be Angolo Kante, so then we could see a smile back on his face and we could see Leeds stop conceding so many goals. But I just think that they have such a big gap in front of their back four. I would love to see them slightly change tact and put another defensive midfielder in there. Keep playing the way they do, but just have two defensive midfielders instead of watching Calvin Phillips get run around every week. Yeah, so Leeds are number one in the Prem in terms of um, kilometres covered and number one in terms of sprints in the Premier League as well. So I think Kante is probably a good shout there. Um, his sort of running style, you know, up and down style sort of suits Leeds. So that's not a bad shout. He's just probably not at that stage of his career where he's going to go back there, is he? Yeah, sadly it never happened. I think they should look at some more reasonable options, but I think a defensive midfielder, from Lee, uh, signing for Leeds would be an absolute game changer this January. Yeah, agreed. All right, so let's get into it. So one of my personal heroes as a child was Jose Chilever. So do you remember him? Yep, uh, a keeper that took free kicks in Colombia. Yeah, uh, Paraguayan, unforgettable. Paraguayan. So he'd storm up the pitch and he wasn't like the most athletic looking bloke, but he used to have a stunning left peg. So he has actually decided to run for president in Paraguay. Who was the last president you could see that could take free kicks? I know you're thinking John Howard as Prime Minister could probably whip one in, um, but I-, I couldn't think of anyone. Obama, maybe? Yeah. Boris, there's no way he's whipping one. <laughs> Boris can't even do the buttons on his shirt. Um, but no, that was great news. So then that topped off. So um, one of your childhood idols, Sepp Blatter, was running oh, the hospital no. this week, um, and everyone was wishing him well. Or were they? Were they? I'm not sure they were. Um, so, what's he going to hospital? Is, I imagine it's um, coronavirus, coronavirus related or not? Uh, no, I think he's just done well. Could be guilt, maybe. 
Um, can you go to hospital? I doubt it, mate. Ruining and I doubt, he's, I doubt he's going to hospital for guilt. Too. Um, no, so he's at a Swiss hospital. He'll be fine. So you can wish him well if you want. I certainly won't be. Um, Public system or is he in private? <laughs> yeah, no, he's, got, uh, he's he pulled some money from under the bed so he can go to private. Um, so look, there's been a large COVID outbreaks in the UK. So the UK has gone back into lockdown. That's bad news mm. for Aston Villa, Shrewsbury and Derby County. And Jurgen Klopp this week also... Um, I suppose, admitted that Trent Alexander-Arnold had COVID as well. Yeah, well, that might explain his performance, which we'll probably dive into a bit deeper when we um, review their game. But, yeah, the most times lost possession by any player all season in that game. Yeah, yeah that, that's insane. But um, So, yeah, bad news for Britain. But if you're Man City, you now own the oldest FA Cup in England, so Sheikh Mansour, he uh, bought the oldest FA Cup for seven hundred and sixty thousand pounds, which is the equivalent of a normal person buying a Kit Kat. <laughs> so right. Um, so my question to you is, why would he buy it? And at some stage, did Man City ever win that trophy? Because that seems a bit odd. Um, so question one, because he's super super rich, um, and two is, I believe they actually won that trophy. That makes a little more sense. I'm a bit more okay with it. Um, but, yeah, they might win their, win the real one very soon. Yeah, that seemed quite likely. Um, other thing was Arsenal taking out a $120 million bank loan. So I would love to understand how they can get a $120 loan from the government and still sign Thomas Party. So, yeah, we... So you've got on the running order Arsenal take out bank loan, <laughs> but I think Arsenal take out handout from the government. I think oh, is very wrong. Yeah, are you right? In the running order. Yeah, that that is yeah. more appropriate. So how do you, how do you do that? And be like, oh yeah, we need this to keep operating. Oh yeah, we're going to sign Thomas Party. But I just, I, I think we covered this in our group chat. I can't work out why we wouldn't or why they wouldn't um, take the loan out from a bank. Like, why are they going to the government? I think. Interest rate is probably one thing or lack of if it comes from the government and chance that you might not have to ever actually pay it back. They'll just write it off. I don't know. I can't believe that Boris didn't just email Arteta straight back. So I imagine those two are negotiating directly and just say, piss off, why don't you sell Ozil? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they might. They will at least move him on. <laughs> just to pay the yeah. main claim back. He might have been the security. Um, so the last one was a bit of shithousery. So I'm not sure how I feel about this one, but Royal Antwerp forward Didier Lamkelzu, I believe I've pronounced that correctly, showed up to training in Anderlecht shirt, who are Royal Antwerp's biggest rival, in an attempt to force a move to Panathinaikos. Where do you sit on this one? Do you think it's funny or do you think he's a petulant little bitch? Oh, I'd say petulant little bitch. That's a bit out of order, isn't it? I, I did see the pictures of this with him walking in and then once he got to like the glass doors at the training ground, you could see like security like holding the doors um, and they wouldn't let him in, would they? No, so I, I don't know. I wouldn't let him move now just because he's a petulant little bugger. Um, so you're, you're, you're on petulant side rather yeah, than absolutely. You know, the players are too powerful now. Um, I think if he can do that, I'm like, bad luck, mate. You signed a contract. Maybe you should have thought of that. Yeah. So that's the last one. So let's get into the review. So we start at Everton. So West Ham won Everton nil. Now, I had this sort of idea in my head that Thomas Suchek scores every week, but apparently he's only got five goals, but he scored again. Scored again. Um, so is it a shot come cross <laughs> from Cresswell for the goal? Mm, I think it's a Pickford Howler. Um, no, you can't do much about that. Oh, you just love picking on Pickford. Yeah, I just hate Jordan Pickford. Um, yeah, no, I think it's a cross come shot. Um, no, I not, think it's a shot come cross. Oh, sorry, shot come cross. Yeah, it is. Yeah, sorry, it is. And I don't think he knew too much about it. But Suchek, another goal. Take the point. Goal. Everton a bit flat. Yeah, so I think going into the review of this, I think you and I said that they should be fresh, right? Because their game against Man City, if you wound back, um, got postponed. So they didn't have sort of that cluster of games that the other teams had. So I was thinking they would be fresh. And if I think I read out their form where they beat Sheffield United, Leicester, Arsenal, Chelsea. But did that break sort of, you know, help make them sort of lose their flow a bit? Because, as you say, they were a bit off and um, Carlos got some work to do. Yeah, I, I thought they would be quite fresh. But, again, it, they just didn't really turn up. It was a game that, like, both teams sort of lacked a bit of creativity, pace, and incision. Like, you could see they were both decent sides, 
but there was just nothing to break the other team down. And then it was just a stroke of luck, really, for Suchek um, to get the goal in there. But yeah, it was pretty disappointing from Everton. Yeah, well, I thought it was heading for a nil-all draw like early on. Yeah. As you say, both teams lacked like a bit of incision or a bit of like that, that final pass. But it was a bit of luck that um, that turned it West Ham's way and that really hurts Everton conceding a goal in the 86th minute. Um, but did you see Moisey at the end in the presser? He was absolutely purring. <laughs> Get one over oh, the old club. Oh, you should have seen the grin on his face. <laughs> He's a little slug, isn't he? So the other interesting part that I noted out of this, and obviously with the benefit of hindsight, um, Sebastian Ellis started this game and has been sold since. Yeah. Can you believe that he got a move to Ajax? I, I can. He's got all the attributes of a good footballer. Um, and see, why doesn't he lad. exhibit any of them then? <laughs> that's, that's great. I, I blame Moisey. I don't know. It just hasn't happened for him at West Ham. He's shown snippets. Like the bike the other week was amazing. Um but it just hasn't quite happened for him at West Ham. And I think he'll score a bunch of goals at Ajax, to be honest. Um, so what was the fee coming into Somewhere uh, between 20 and 25. I'm not sure exactly. And that could be GBP or and, Euro. Um, and then what, what was the fee going out, do you know, or is it undisclosed? Oh, sorry, no. The fee going out there is um, – is 20 to 25, so I'm not sure. I'm not, I can't remember what they paid for him, but I remember they paid quite a lot for him. More than 20. Oh, yeah. So they're taking a loss on him then. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I think, it, I think at some point um, you've got to respect what West Ham are doing in terms of like writing off their losses. How many times do you see um, clubs, Arsenal, for example, just hold on to it, like sign a player and then hold on to him and say, it's going to work, it's going to work, it's going to work. And then he just rides out the contract and takes all the money. Whereas I think, um, yeah, if you're West Ham, I think you've made the right move in just saying, look, we thought this was going to work. We, we got it wrong and we, we're going to do the right thing now and move him on. So we're going to get cut our losses, get, uh, you know, 20 odd mil back in the coffers and um, get his wages off and, you know, go back into the market, you'd think. Yeah, well, they paid $45 million for him, and he's still only 26. Um, so I think it represents good business for Ajax. I think West Ham, I, I don't know. I just couldn't figure out why it never happened for him. He had all the attributes. But I think he'll, go, I think he'll do really well at Ajax. Yeah. Um, so Everton down to seventh now, West Ham into tenth. Yeah, that feels about right too. Um, does it? It that does. feels high for Everton. Uh, no, they've had they've had they've been very streaky. Like they've had some really good streaks, and they've followed it with a relatively bad streak. Recovered with a really good streak again, and then had a bad streak. Yeah. So. yeah, well, as we said, they just come off a good run. So yeah, a bit of a surprise that result. But yep, yeah, West Ham got the points and a clean sheet. Yeah. So moving on, Manchester United two, Aston Villa one. Jack Grealish's trial. What'd you make of this one? Well, I don't know if you're going to sign him after that, especially what's happened um, during the week. Um, the Who's the young lad that, that you signed? For, was he 18? Yeah. Diallo's come in, yeah. Could be very exciting. Could be very exciting. But um, is anyone surprised that it's a Bruno Fernandez pen that wins this? But I thought, I thought Manu were good again. I think they team selection starting to get a little more balanced. I think everyone's happy to see Pogba. Um, come in and play a bit more regularly. Seems to be getting picked all the time now, which is interesting. Um, and yeah, I thought I thought they did rather well. Um, United and were worthy of the points. I think in our preview, I was saying that um, Villa had the had the tools to to hurt them, um, and they did. But they just couldn't get any like a foothold in the game in terms of like. A sustained amount of time um, putting pressure on United, like all, all their chances and all their sort of opportunities came on on breaks, or um, you know the play got busted up and then they had their chance. So yeah, yeah, I think Menu probably deserved of, of their points. So going back briefly to look at the goals. So first goal, Alman Basaka breaks down the right hand side. Tyrone Mings gets himself in a bit of a mix up, doesn't he? He does. I can't figure but, out what happened. Like he sort of seems to be going. You know when a goalkeeper sees a late deflection, and they sort of look like they're going one way and then try and go back the other. I felt like he looked like that. Like he just got it all wrong. 
So that was his first game back um, after suspension. So that could have been um, one of the reasons he was a bit out of sorts. Yep. Yeah. But, uh, clipped in from Wambasaka and a good finish by Tony. Yeah, he needs a goal. Um, so that was good for him. And then halftime comes and then a bit of Jack Grealish magic. But United caught out standing at free kicks again. This isn't the first time this has happened this season. Have they um, struggled in this situation? Yeah, so they concede a free kick and they stand around arguing about it and the team just plays a quick free kick. So then um, I think it's John – could be John McGinn or El Ghazi, but they feed Jack Grealish. Jack Grealish is unmarked on the left flank. You can't leave Jack Grealish unmarked on the Mm. left flank. Cuts in, finds Traore, takes a nice little touch, bang, one all. He's done well recently, Traore, too. Yeah, I just think United, like it's a bit of a discipline issue. Like if you concede the free kick and you're Wan-Bissaka, like you need to get straight back or someone needs to cover for him. Like it's just a breakdown in communication that could have been easily avoided. Yeah, they, they do that thing where they're like they stand near the ball but don't stand on the ball. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So they're like they're, you know, crowded around the free kick area. Um, but essentially what they need to be is like actually on the ball or um, slowing it down because you're not really slowing it down at that point. You're just straight up out of position. Yeah, I might flick that through to Ollie's iPad. But just three minutes in between, and then Paul Pogba goes down in the box. Pen or not? Pen. I don't reckon it was. Really? No, Paul, Paul Pogba clips him and then clips his own feet. Yeah, but he's in front. That's mm. the biggest thing for me. I reckon the he clips position. Douglas Louise's feet and then he, Pogba clips his own feet after that because he's like, I didn't think it was a pen. Either way, Klopp will be steaming about another Manchester United pen. So. We'll, we'll get to you, Jürgen. Um, but no, look, Bruno tucks it away. And then Villa had a couple of chances. And Eric Bai, everyone's very happy with Eric Bai for blocking a couple of shots. Well done, Eric. You did your job. Oh, come on, mate. You sound like Roy Keane. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm not I'm not impressed with his goals today. He's a striker. It's his job. Exactly. Um, I've seen no, too I've many Bai howlers um, to give yeah. him for those. No, I thought Bai did well. I... That last part of the game, I think it was on the line. You really could have dropped some points, actually. Um, there were some good chances that he got, he got in front of and blocked some shots. So, yeah, it looks like he's back in, in favour. Yeah. So good. And, and Pogba not playing. Normally, Pogba comes in and, and plays in one of those six roles, but they had him out um, wide on the on the left. Yeah, you just got to accommodate him at this point, don't you? Fatten him up to sell. Um, but good three points for United, but Villa certainly far from shamed, I think, in this fixture. I agree. Um, what do you make of Donny not playing again? And does he have to go out on loan or get sold to get some game time before the Euros? I can't. He, I can't see him going out on loan. I just think he needs to get his head down and like find a way into the team. I don't know how he does that. Um, I'd say he'll play this weekend in the FA Cup. I'd imagine. But he like every time he comes on, he does a good job. So I don't understand why you wouldn't just take a chance on him. But I think it like the the difficult thing in there is like you can see Ollie sort of balances the team to try and get Paul Pogba in now, which it might be a byproduct of his agent actually coming and speaking out. So maybe Donnie should go to his agent and say, Oh, tell him you're trying to force a move to Real Madrid or something, and that'll get you and then we'll start sort of finding a way to get you in the team. Because like he's done nothing when he comes on, he does um, like he does a good job. And you can see, like, he's really good at moving the ball around. He rarely loses it. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand why you can't find a spot for him. Um, so Frank DeBoer's come out this week and said that, yeah, he needs game time or um, he won't be playing. Frank DeBoer said that. Before. Yeah, in the Euros. Palace manager um, that was sacked after a couple of weeks. But Well, he's in charge of Holland now. Yeah, he is. He's a good footballer, Frank. Um, but, yeah, so he, he has to do something. Like, I don't know if he can – he can't force a loan after six months in. Um but he's got to get in the team somehow. Got to get in the team. All right, so let's talk about the ladder then, right? So, you, Man United stay in second, um, but have a game in hand, both on 33 points, them and Liverpool. Villa down into eighth. Um, so, what do you think? Are you brave enough to say title favourites yet or not? <laughs> God, no. No. Uh, hey, just you said it off there, mate. So <laughs> just stay in the top four. That's all you have to do. You're not that good. Um, Manchester United aren't in the top couple of clubs. Um, I still think they're fairly streaky, and I think that the team isn't really that good, but the attacking trio seem to be able to find a goal because they're really good, um, except for Tony Martial, who could probably 
probably be dropped and not many people would notice. But, like, I just don't think they're that good. The ladder, okay. the ladder's lying right now. Um, if Aston Villa win their two games in hand, but they could jump all the way up to third. Jeez, Villa are having a good season, aren't they? Having a great season. Um, all right, so moving on to Tottenham versus Leeds. So Tottenham three, Leeds nil. Leeds United nil. What do you make of this one? And is Jose a genius? Uh, yes. I think I mentioned that this is going to be a tactical game um, last week, but I think anyone with like strong tactics or an idea of how to play leads and then they go out there and do it with a strong game plan, I think can break leads down. So if there's anyone who can do that, it's Jose. And sure enough, um, yeah, they got on top of them um, and early too. Um, like got a couple of their goals in, in, inside the first half. Like Harry Kane got his pen, 28th minute, um, and then set up Sonny as well in the 42nd minute. Nice little ball in and a good finish, sort of dug it out of his feet um, before late on out of um, Oh, sorry, later in the second half out of um, Yeah, got the third from from a corner. So I think, yeah, Spurs were good for the points. Um, an interesting stat that came out of this game when Kane scored his penalty to open the scoring was that he's now scored against all 30 clubs in the Premier League he's ever faced against. Yeah, right. He's having a good time, Harry. Um, that stat. But what did you make of Spurs? Are they finding their feet again? They seem pretty strong in this game. I think they do. And that, that telepathic understanding between Harry Kane and Son, like so, that second goal is just a prime example where Son, Son like saw that Harry Kane was coming shorter to get it, so Son immediately drops into that space. Harry Kane beats the man too strong, goes around, and Son's already like moving towards that front stick, like a good striker should. Mm. Um, and like just the the way those two link up, like poor old Bergwijn's out on the other side, you know, doing a stellar job, but those two are just on another level. Yeah, there's, they're now tied for the most um, combinations um, in Premier League history. And how many games in are we? Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, well, 17 thing, games in, so they're going to break that. I think you're right. Like I think if you sit down and, you know, you have a, a really structured game plan against Leeds, you know what they're going to do. And it felt like the whole game was that Tottenham knew what Leeds were going to do and Leeds didn't really want to change anything. Whereas his yeah, Spurs, Spurs were more uh, fluent in the way that they sort of adapted. Yeah, but Jose's the type of guy to like understand and read Leeds' game plan, as obvious as it is, um, and then just drill that into the players all week and come out and the players then, you know, deliver that game plan. So, yeah, I thought this was probably an easy one to pick and one that you could really see, see coming, but not necessarily by the scoreline though. But, um, yeah, clean sheet. Uh, red card laid on for Doherty, was it? Yeah, Matty Doherty. Um, so I thought that was a pretty harsh second yellow, to be honest. Um, he looked too, too yellow. Um, and that challenge just sort of reinforced that. Um, so I didn't think it was a red card. Like, I didn't think it was a yellow card. But yeah, poor Matty Doherty. But from a philosophical standpoint, it's pleasing to see Tottenham win 3 0 with only 36% possession. So for all you people who are like, oh, you have to, you know, we have more of the ball, we're the better team, um, it's a great indicator that you can be a better team without necessarily having more of the ball. Yeah, agreed. Um, and Don Ballet was um, good again. I mean, he's really stringing some games together and starting to play really well. He's just he's dribbling and um, like out of tight areas. You'd see every now and then he gets the ball, he's in a tight area, he's looking for a pass, can't see anything. So he's like, don't worry, I've got this in the locker. <laughs> and he just dribbles around players. It's really good. So, I, didn't so really, like, I genuinely underestimated how good he is with the ball. Like he's a bit, he looks a little bit lazy and languid at times, but he really is phenomenal on the ball when he gets going. Yeah, he's fine at the moment. He looks really well. He had a stuttering start at Spurs. I think on the boo he scored a, a nice volley and everyone thought, wow, who's this guy? But then, yeah, he really fell off the boil. And then in that Spurs doco, you know, he was having trouble and they brought in a fixer to try and help him and stuff like that. But That's worked. Yeah, he seems to be um, absolutely flying at the moment. So, um, as I said, Leeds were, are sorry, first in the Premier League in terms of sprints and first in the Premier League in terms of distance covered. And this week, um, Calvin Phillips got a mural painted of him um, on your way into Leeds, but none of that helped. No, so, they're all, so the other stat that's important is they are second 
in goals conceded, and then our 12th in the table, and Spurs go up to fourth. Um, have a game in hand over Leicester too, so could jump above Leicester into third if they can win that game in hand. Yeah, oh, they they started well, Spurs, and then they had that stuttering start. But now I, I think they've sort of turned a corner for me, um, having a nice little cut run. Um, and, yeah, big win there. All right. So I'm going to ask you the trivia. You are Chris Wilder and you mm-hmm. have no wins. Um, That's right. You go to Crystal Palace. I've got two draws, though. What do you not want to see in the first three minutes of the game? <laughs> <laughs> In the new year, brave new year, new year, new me. What do you not want to see? Yeah, just any type of howlers, um, <laughs> sure enough. Yeah, and you don't, you just don't want to concede. So three minutes in, he goes, lock it down, boys. Bang, we're down 1-0 at Palace. It's looking bad, isn't it? But that happened um, That happened last week too. Oh, and that was West Brom with the back pass, yeah. sorry. Yep. Um, no, so did, yeah, yeah. Like this, no, this was, got the goal, was it, third minute? Yeah, Jeffrey Schlup tucked it away. Nice little bit of interplay from Palace. They don't take anything away from them, but yeah, it just wasn't looking good from that point on for Sheffield United. Yeah, well, I think we had this as um, snoozer of the week, but I think Palace were pretty good actually. Like they they needed sort of some level of performance to push past um, Sheffield United, and, and they did. So as we said, Schlup got the goal early third minute. But what I really want to talk about in this game is Easy's goal. How yeah. good is that? So he's picked the ball up in his own half, 55 yards from goal, and he's just glided past um, a couple of would-be tacklers um, from Chef United, to be fair, who just did not move their feet and just dangled a leg out. Um, and he just glided past them. He's got that – he's got that style where, you know, he doesn't like burn players like, you know, you used to see like Ronaldo do or um, – um, Daniel or Jones. No, no, no. Adama? Yeah, yeah, where they blow past players. He, he's got that like Zizou thing where he just glides past someone, you know, just touch the yeah. slide and just steps over their leg. Like he's got that about him and then gets a touch on the outside of his right foot, looks up and just passes it into the corner. What a goal. Yeah, it's so frustrating. He can't do that all the time and I know it's a high bar to set. But like he did bugger all for a come, since he came on and then just pops up with this moment of absolute magic. It must be very frustrating for Palace fans. Yeah, but it is. But at the same time, it must be frustrating for Roy because he goes to the presser. Everyone talks about the goal and everyone's like, oh, why doesn't Easy start more? And he's like, <laughs> I'm gonna drop he's, he's, ter- he's terrible um, yeah. in terms of tracking back and his form is patchy. And how do you pick him? How do you pick him over Zaha or Townsend or something like that? Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, as you say, he's got that in the locker. So, um, yeah, goal off the bench. Um, he was signed for £17 million, pound, third most expensive player to be signed at Palace. Um, and, he's, yeah, he's still a bit streaky, but you can see he's got that potential. Yeah, he does have a lot of potential. So I'm going to change gears here. and we're going to, I don't want to spend too much time in this game, but I want to drop you a couple of stats for Sheffield United. So they're now winless in 17 Premier League games this season, the mm-hmm. longest ever winless run from the start of a Premier League campaign, and it's the longest in English top flight – oh, sorry, the first English side in top flight football to fail to win any of their first 17 games since Bolton Wanderers in 1902-03. So you can ask your great-great-great-grandparents about that. So then they became the fifth Premier League side to go 20-plus games without a win. Like, what are they doing? Like, they're just, they're just going to be like, oh, we're going to be relegated. Like, we can, we're not going to do We're not going to just be relegated. We're going to be relegated spectacularly and break all the records on the way. Yeah, so they were tracking for the worst Premier League um, season of all time and now they're tracking for the worst top flight season of all time which um, as you say goes back a rather long way so <laughs> stunning stuff from Sheffield United so they're down yeah. what, so are they going to get a win they'll have to win one game this year surely. they will they will win. win one game this year um, but where I don't know maybe Arsenal Maybe Arsenal. Um, so they're rock bottom on 20th, as you would imagine. Um, Palace into 14th, and they just snapped a five-game um, winless streak with that win. So Roy's um, well and truly safe in terms of points. He's 11 points clear of the drop zone. But as we said, they've got tools where they can hurt 
her teams. Yep, so Sheffield so United need nine points to um, overtake Derby County 2007-2008, who managed 11 points. And for those who weren't alive or don't remember, Derby that year were absolutely shithouse. They were dreadful. One of the worst odds I've ever seen. So <laughs> moving on. So the humdinger of the week, Brighton 3, Wolves 3. What would you make of this one? Well, I wouldn't have picked this at all, I don't think. Um, uh, you said Wolves had four goals. Yeah. <laughs> no, it had everything. Bunch of cards, a heap of goals, a um, couple of penos, an own goal. It's got everything. Big Lewis Dunk winner. Jeez, I enjoyed that. Winner. It was three all, mate. Oh, sorry. Shit. Leveller. He really loved that, Lewis Duncan. So did I. I was cheering with him. He did. um, Yeah, got up. um, Nice, strong header. And, um, yeah, he was was buzzing. And you could see by the fist pumps, he wouldn't want to be on the end of those fist pumps. They were rather vicious. Um, Good to see um, Malpay get uh, another chance on the pens after some terrible penalties this year. I think he's missed two this year. Yeah. so, yeah, he got on the score sheet as well. And then Wolves, I think Wolves should have won it with the last touch of the game. So, Otisawi had the chance to win it but um, headed over the bar. So, that would have been a really yeah, three points for Wolves. That was, that was close too. He's like two yards out. Yeah. But that's just that need for them to get a striker. Um, pleasing to see Roman Sais in the goals again. He's, he's quite a performer. I think he might be on the way to bigger clubs, to be honest. Very impressive. Yeah, I'm not sure Wolves would want to let him go, especially when they're sort of in the position where they need to bring players in rather than um, cash out and, and move players on. So, yeah, I hope they keep him. Um, but, yeah, a, not a nice finish. Um, Ruben Neves um, got the peno for Wolves and interestingly that um, he has the oh, most amount of shots um, in the Premier League scoring the least amount of goals. Yeah, but when he's so scores, holy shit, they're always lowest conversion tank. rate. Have you seen some of those volleys, mate? He's a perfect <laughs> highlights reel. But maybe that's why, because he's trying to hit these worldy volleys from uh, thirty-five yards out. Don't change, Ruben. Um, I, there's no, there's no player in the Premier League I enjoy more hitting a volley than Ruben Neves. Like the chest ones, he's got them all in the locker. Don't stop shooting. I wouldn't mind Dan James hitting one, but <laughs> Dan James, don't you dare! All right, so that moves so Wolves thirteenth uh, and Brighton seventeenth, potentially getting pulled down that relegation struggle again. Um, but Wolves need a striker, hopefully soon. Wolves need a striker; they definitely do. And I would think that they would sign someone um, like a Portuguese obscure young striker. Um, from somewhere. Yeah, they're always the best kind. So, moving on to West Brom, nil, Arsenal, four. We'll touch on this one briefly. Not much to talk about here. Um, oh, come on, mate. <laughs> no, let's give Arsenal fans a little something-something. So, that is just what they needed. They needed a little pick-me-up like that. Um, and coming into this game, playing West Brom, you'd think, geez, this could be it. Um, so, I think it's just what the doctor ordered. So, coming off the news that um, Ozil might be moving to Dallas, um, yeah, both both teams are in for him, but um, so we'll see see where that goes. Off the news of that, um, yeah, Arsenal did play really really well. Some of their goals, like the the Saka goal, I think just the, the cut back, um, no, the the slip pass, the cut back, and the tap in that was like vintage Arsenal. I thought they did really well. Um, Lacazette got his two goals, which is good. I think Lacazette's in really good form. Um, at the moment, he's doing doing really well. Arsenal's top goal scorer. Um, but did you see the rain slash sleet slash snow that was coming down? It, is, it was it was coming down heavily, wasn't it? Um, but they got through, and it was quite pleasing for a neutral um, to see Kirantini playing well. So he's coming for a bit of criticism. Um, he's a player that genuinely I thought turned up and tried every week for Arsenal in a side that just looked like they weren't trying. But brilliant goal cutting in. Um, and as you said, Saka, he's the star man, isn't he? Yeah, Saka. He's everything that's good comes from him um, at the moment from from Arsenal. But yeah, just what you mentioned on on Tini, I thought he's been he's coming for some criticism, but I thought he's done really well. Um, and and this week was no exception, as you say, got his goal and um, nice little assist laid on for um, Lacazette, where he really whipped it across the top, and Lacazette just had to get something on it and just pass it into the into the roof of the net, but. 
a good win by Arsenal, 4-0. So, I don't want to taper your expectations here, but so West Brom um, still in 19th, cop 39 goals. Arsenal beat them 4-0. Is this a rebirth for Arteta or is this this is a game you should have won, you've just won it by a little more than everyone thought you would? Yeah, um, definitely the um, something a game that they should win, but they won it by a little bit more. Um, I, like I don't, I'm not pitching it as a sort of rebirth or they're back on track, but I'm just saying that to get back on track and to play some good stuff, they might, you know, they don't need to be playing Liverpool or um, or Leicester or Spurs or Man City or some of those big teams. Um, because they're not going to be able to do it at the moment. I think they, yeah, but when they go to these type of clubs, they need to say, hey, we are the bigger club here and we can batter them, um, do it and get some confidence and then from there move on. So, yeah, I think it's a, a team that they should beat, but they did rather handsomely and the performance was really good too. They played some really nice stuff. Yeah, they did. They did. Um, so they're up to 11th now. So the interesting part about that is they're three points behind Chelsea. Um, West Brom stays second last, 39 goals conceded. Uh, yeah, they've got some problems. Yeah, they do have some problems. I Like, I can't believe that they're only three points away from Chelsea. Like, in my head, Chelsea's season's going so much better than <laughs> Arsenal's. Um, but no, it's not. Yeah. All right, so moving on to the next one. So we have Newcastle 1, Leicester 2. Get our jail free card here from Leicester. Nah, I think the boys are just too good, too strong. Um, played some nice stuff. Like, they're just not very adventurous, um, Brucey's boys, are they? No, they are not. But Andy Carroll comes on and almost stole it for him. Nice volley from Andy on the left foot. Um, yeah, no, a good, well taken. Um, but I think in terms of Leicester's goals, Madison on the score sheet again and um, a great, like great interplay by Leicester to get it to him and, and nice finish. And then the Tillemans one as well. Whew, go back and watch that. He whips the ball out, out wide. I think it was all Brighton um, who whipped it back to him and just without even looking at the top of the box on his right foot, just whipped it into the corner. Nice finish by Tillemans and Leicester were looking good by then. They sort of shut up shop. I would have wanted them to press on and um, and see if they could do some real damage to Newcastle. But they sort of took the foot off the gas there, made some substitutions, and Madison come off at that point. Um, and, yeah, then Leicester just sort of cruised and got a little scared late, as you say, with Andy Carroll's volley. But, yeah, I think, like, Leicester's team starting to get a little bit more settled now. They've got Ndidi back sort of full-time and, um, and Evans and Fofana at centre-back sort of have those positions locked down. Um, and... Good to see Sionchu come on and play, um, play some minutes for Leicester as well. I think he's come back from a, an ACL and he's been out for a long time, so it's nice to see him back. So two brief comments from me on this game. So I thought Leicester should never have let Newcastle back in the game. So in, like Leicester looked like they were cruising for the whole game. They should have beaten them by a few more. Um, and they, mm. Newcastle never should have been in that game. Um no, I agree. But the other thing was Leicester from their nine away games now have 22 points out of a possible 27, which is the best in the league. Yeah, you don't want to play us on the road. It's uh, very good. A Vardy penalty more than likely. Um, oh. but, like that's that's irresistible away form. That's crazy. Yeah, but I think it suits their style. So I think we, we break really well. So generally what happens if you're the away team, um, the, the home team takes the – initiative of the game and I think that just plays right into to Leicester's hands. Um, I think where they struggle it is at home where sort of they, they've dropped points to, you know, teams like um, Fulham. Um, I think they've dropped points to Villa um, and, and potentially West Brom at, at home. So, yeah, where there's the teams that potentially shut up shop and try and play on the break and that just clashes with Leicester's style and they can't really – Break teams down, but yeah, I think we're on, we're when we're on the road, that plays into our hands much better. Um, yeah, all right. So Leicester third uh, up to third or round third, um, currently trailing Manchester United by a point in second, but they're there thereabouts. Um, Newcastle currently sitting in fifteenth, so could get dragged into a relegation battle, but relatively comfortable. Eight points above Fulham now. A um, couple of big games coming up. So this is the one that I really wanted to get to all week. Chelsea won 
Manchester City 3. And I want to just read a quote that I read during the week from Benjamin Lanyardo. So it reminds me of the Jurassic Park quote. They were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think whether or not they should. This is in relation to Chelsea's signings. So what did you think of Chelsea? And like you said, Frank was the man for the job. Is Fat Frank still the man for the job? Yeah, I think he's still the man for the job. Um, I don't think he ever was. I don't, <laughs> no, I think he's the man for the job. I don't think that he is necessarily going to get judged on, um, you know, one game against Man City. I know they've they've struggled a little bit more recently. But, um, yeah, I still think he's the, the man for the job. And I know they've signed a lot of players, but you just need to give the players time and Frank time with these players. I know Chelsea are trigger happy with their managers, but it's just all too soon. You, like the same problem is going to happen if they bring in a new manager. He's going to have to like learn the players and work out what he wants, um, and that's going to take at least sort of um, twelve months anyway. So I don't think they're going to be any better off if they sack Frank. I think they should stick with him um, and give him some more time. If you look back, we sort of spoke about um, Solskjaer's job for a while, and and he's pulled through that um Arteta's job was you know spoken about but never really um too harshly but yeah it looks like he's pulled through that space as well so I just hear that Chelsea are a sacking club Manchester United and Arsenal are yeah but I just I'd like to see them give him more time I mean you can't spend all that money and bring in a manager who's what he's been there a year and 18 months now you can Um, if you're Roman Abramovich money is no object like you're like, oh no, the payout fee's ten mil, and Roman's like, oh, is cash okay? I might have that on me now. Um, it's not a problem for him. I thought they were absolutely. No, I'm not, I'm not saying the money is. I'm just saying that it's not. You're not going to be. You fast forward six months, you're going to be in the same predicament. The new manager's going to come in, and he's like, oh, I don't really like um, Werner or whatever. Um, he's not working with me. I need to still need to understand um, what Ziyech is doing. Like, you know, I mean, you're going to be in the same spot, so you just need to give time. So Roman will sack him as well. <laughs> I think we I think we see two different scenarios. I think like at Chelsea, you don't get the time to be like, oh, I don't like this and this. You got a couple of windows, get it right. And if it's like so publicly bad that like things aren't going well for you, like Roman will pull the trigger. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not disputing that. I'm. I'm. What I am saying, the right thing to do is to give Frank more time. No. I'm not saying that they they won't, that they will, or that they have in the past because that is evidence there. <laughs> Yeah, so he's he's saying um, so Frank came out and said, "Oh, look, we were good in the first ten minutes. Um, that's great, Frank. The game's ninety minutes long, and I think I thought Manchester City were streets ahead of them, like and Chelsea were like Chelsea looked like Roy Keane said, "Oh, they didn't even make a tackle, but they just looked so confused and outplayed." I thought three 0 genuinely flattered them, and then Hudson Odoi pops one in the back of the net, but like they were just never in this game. Um, all right, get your pens out. Go on. Paper and pen ready? Yeah. Manchester City will win the title this year. Yeah, I reckon you're right. Oh, my God. They were so fucking good. Yeah. Whole, like, coronavirus gone through their whole training facility. Um, you don't have a striker, and they played Kevin De Bruyne as the oh, their number nine. Um, and he did really, really well, actually, to be fair to him. Um, but they just absolutely blew Chelsea away. That The interplay before it got to Gundogan, um, I think it was um, Zinchenko out wide into Foden, who then sort of flicked it on to um, Gundogan, a little flick around the corner, and then a good finish. Could many have done better? Mm, probably. Um, and that, that was the first goal. And then um, the second goal coming uh, from Foden, played through the legs um, by... Um, Kevin De Bruyne to Foden, a little flick around the corner. Again, Mendy beaten any front post. Could he have done better? Hmm. <laughs> you got a problem with Mendy, don't you? I told you. He's, he's a, he started well and I said there's mistakes last week. I said there's mistakes from Mendy on the way and I thought both of those goals um, he needed to do better. Um, and then, yeah, late on, um, Kevin De Bruyne, or not late on, I suppose, um, it in the late on in the first half, at least, Kevin De Bruyne got um, got the third goal, like it pinged off the off the post, and then he brought it down, beautiful touch, and then um, smashed it home, and the damage was done then, and City just cruised. Yeah, so the interesting couple of interesting things about this was Chelsea actually had more of the ball, but they just didn't seem to do anything with it. 
They were ponderous and it wasn't damaging at all. But when City had the ball, they were just so damaging so quickly. I felt like every time they got the ball, I was sort of on the edge of my seat being like, oh, they're going to score here. They're just absolutely irresistible. Um, yeah, they, um, they, I think we've spoken about whether they looked happy or not. And when they were, when they were scoring their goals, they were actually celebrating and jumping around um, and really enjoying their goals. So I'm not sure whether they just needed like a bit more of a test to, you know, get them up and about to be able to do that. So yeah. I thought. Um, I thought Stones was good again. I know you're a big fan of him and he just keeps delivering. He does. He was good during the week too. But just in relation to the City players that didn't play, um, so I think the City are sort of putting up a bit of a smoke screen here. So they were missing Walker, Jesus, Edison, Ferran Torres, Eric Garcia, Tommy Doyle. So like not all those players were artists. Aguero was on the bench. Um, so those players were all available. So then I don't think it's the crisis that they're making it out to be. Like they're missing six players – Three of those are starters, three of them are not. So I'm like, well, maybe just like ca- like taper that back a little bit. Like Aguero could have played up front, but you've got Kevin De Bruyne who can do basically anything right now. Um, and, you know, Bernard Mendy – or Benjamin Mendy, sorry. Um, he was on the bench. <laughs> but I doubt whether he should have been playing anyway. Um, but, yeah, like they were just a lot better than Chelsea. Um, and Chelsea's – Chelsea have now suffered as many defeats in their past six league games as they did in the previous 23. Yeah. Frank made five changes for this game as well, expecting to get a reaction out of his out of his team. But yeah, they just they were a long way off. And but I, I don't think it's reflective. I think it's more reflective of where Man City are and where they're going than it is Chelsea, I think. I think any team would have got blown away by this um, Man City performance. Um, doesn't matter who it was, but I was rather impressed with um, Zach Steffen, um, the the keeper, He's a young American guy who come in for um, Edison because um, Edison was um, what do you call? Do you say injured or say sick? I don't know. Um, yeah, but apart from the back pass that he picked up early, I thought he made some good saves and had a nice presence about him. <laughs> you don't see enough of that anymore, do you? Back passes being picked up. Um, mm. Yeah, he did, and like that that trio of not so much Steffen, but Edison. John Stones, Ruben Diaz, and then I'd even go as far as chucking in Cancillo um, on the right there. They're looking way more solid like this week than they were in the previous two or three months. Like City look good at the back again, and they're sort of getting that. It's almost like a fear factor back about them where teams are like, oh, no, City are on a roll here. We could cop eight if we try and play out. Like previously teams in the last couple of months have been like, oh, we might take a chance here because we know they're a bit soft in the middle, but they're starting to get that fear back where teams are like, oh, actually, we better not try and play out against them because they'll absolutely batter us. Yeah. Oh, as I said, I think Man City looked great. Um, I know we're going to touch on the Carabao performance as well, but I just thought they looked superior to Chelsea, superior to Man United, and I think once they catch up and play their games – which I know they've got one catch-up game. They've only played 15 games, um, just them and Fulham. All right, so, so get on City this week. But So then City now with that win, they're up to fifth. They have two games in hand and they win both of those. They go top of the league. Yep. Team to uh, beat now, mate. They're the team to beat. They are. And then Chelsea are ninth, three points above Arsenal in, uh, in 11th. But I think Frank's in some trouble. And I don't think he has what it takes to get him out of it either. <laughs> I mean, what do, why do you hate Frat Frank so much, mate? Just let him be. He hasn't done anything. He was manager oh, at Derby and did an average job, and he only got the job because he was Frank Lampard. And now he's signed a bunch of players. He's like, you know, that kid who gets all the ultimate cards on FIFA that his mum buys him, but he still sucks at FIFA. Um, mate, he's won, he's won the Premier League a bunch of times. He's won an FA Cup. He's won a League Cup. He's won a Champions League. He's almost won a World Cup. Let him go. He's a Man City legend, isn't he? Um, so next one is the big one. So Ralph Hasenhutl was in tears. Were you also in tears after this one? Southampton won, Liverpool nil. I was almost in tears. I was far from almost in tears. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Liverpool just don't seem seem themselves at the moment. I know they've got a lot of um, injuries, but do they have any more injuries or players missing than anyone else? I'm not so sure. Um, Henderson and Fabinho started at centre-back. That's just to say that they don't have any other centre-backs at the moment. Um, but I thought both did okay, to be to be fair. Um, no, I don't think any of the goals really 
belonged to specifically to those those two at centre back. Tiago started um, his second game, which is always nice to see. We love Tiago here. Um, as I mentioned, I think Liverpool should head in for Alaba. He's, he's free um, or he's cheap in the January window if you could prize him out of Bayern. Um, what a finish by Danny Ings. Nice little clip by Ward Prowse on the free kick and a little dink over the top by Danny Ings. Are you happy with Danny Ings' goal? And talk me through his celebration. So I don't, I don't recall the celebration. I'm very happy with the goal because he could not have done anything else with that ball. Like it had to go exactly where it did pretty much. Um, yeah. So that was such a and good finish. The only thing training, would, training ground, that one. It was. The only thing I would criticise is Trent Alexander-Arnold. Should he have tracking done better tracking the runner? But he's had COVID so, and he can cross the ball so everyone just lets him off the hook. Wrong. And he's British. And he's British. So, but let's, let's revisit Trent Alexander-Arnold and being in possession. But no, look, um, I don't think the performance from Liverpool was actually that bad. Um, and I know they had like – they had Henderson and Fabinho starting at centre-back, but they also had Reese Williams and Nathaniel Phillips on the bench. So, like, there were centre-backs there. They just opted not to start them. Um, absolutely dominant in possession. Um, like, had the ball a lot, but they just didn't – like, they lacked their regular menace. And they only mustered one shot on target for the entire game. And the other thing that I was disappointed with in their performance was Trent Alexander-Arnold turned the ball over 38 times. A lot of that was yeah. a lot of that was him trying to cross the ball in. Like Southampton have um, Ian Bednarak and Jack Stevens in there, so two big dudes. So like Trent Alexander Arnold didn't seem to process that. Oh, the cross into the box isn't working. Like so, we need to do something differently. He just kept trying to ping him in there, ping him in there. I don't know if that's like an instruction because it normally does work for them after a while, but it just he just didn't seem to be able to, or not he's able to, but he didn't seem to want to change that. He just kept lobbing it in lobbing it in um it just didn't happen but like Liverpool I don't think it's like panic stations it was still a pretty good performance they just needed a goal and they just couldn't find one yeah like they created chances just not great chances so as you say all the all the crosses that come in were just sort of half chances I think Mane headed a bunch over the bar I think um Salah clipped a couple over the bar as well so and I definitely think that's an instruction from um Klopp to to keep crossing in and just keep keep the pressure on them. Um, but, yeah, I think Liverpool's finishing was a little bit off, but the chance creation stuff wasn't great either. Um, the reason you probably don't remember Danny Ings' celebration was because it was a non-celebration, as in no celebration, because he didn't want to celebrate against his old club. You know that time he got sold to Liverpool and sat on the bench for six months and then come back. Fuck off, Danny. Um, I was up. I was up <laughs> in my chair. I was buzzing. I had my shirt off over my head. I don't care. I- don't give me that crap. Oh, it's so classy. You're a toss, mate. Get out of yourself. Yeah. No, I'll you're wanking, you. <laughs> Um I I was up out of my chair and shirt almost off for one piece of the game, and that was when Allison come up late for the corner. <laughs> Always love to see a keeper come up. <laughs> I thought you were going to say when Allison charged out of the box and got nutmegged and the ball didn't have enough on it to go over. Like, that should have been curtains. That was a highlight, yeah. Oh, that was hilarious. He stormed out and everyone's like, oh, what's he doing? <laughs> and he got nutmeg from 30 yards out and the ball didn't He's done that before it. too. Yeah, he loves it. Jeez, that, that that's a bloody high press, isn't it, when the goalkeeper's 30 yards from his goal. But that, <laughs> that, press. That, that could have been absolutely comical. But Ralph oh. Hassenhutl wasn't doing the no celebration. On his knees at the end of the game in tears after beating Klopp. Was that a bit excessive? And why is that your dream, Ralph? Like you're a Premier League manager, you beat Klopp, so what? Yeah, I think potentially what it is is he had a plan at the start of the week um, and I think um, Southampton were working on that all week and then to see it come to fruition was um, you know, rather rewarding for him. But he just come back to the touchline from a stint of self-isolation and I think they snapped the five-game winless streak as well. So, yeah, they are – I think him on his hands and knees was a bit too – crying was a bit too much. But, um, yeah, he's got every reason to be excited, I think. I thought it was because they drew at Arsenal. He was still upset about that um, after beating Liverpool. But good news for Southampton. They're in sixth. Um, Liverpool still first. Um, but – Obviously, the chasing pack now is a little bit closer, having all – so Manchester United, Leicester, Tottenham, Man City, all one. Um, so, the, the gap closes. All right. So, that wraps it for the Prem. Let's move on to your favourite competition and drink. 
the Carabao. Um, yeah, so it is my favourite drink, but it's a Mickey Mouse competition. Don't care about it. Um, so Tottenham 2, Brentford 0. Um, Tottenham did enough to win the game. The talking point was Josh De Silva's tackle on my favourite player right now, Hoiberg. Oh, ouch. Was it a tackle? I think he's just trying to chop back on the ball and, and went down him. But um, for those who didn't see it, yeah, chop back over the ball, stepped over the ball, went straight down the shins of Hoiberg. Hoiberg sort of hobbled off. Um, and it was like you could see like visible um, blood marks or scratch marks down the front of his shin. Um, yeah, been given the strawberry, so um, he's off. And Hoiberg was off at that point as well and went to go back on, but Jose had to physically hold him back and say, no, you can't come back on. Yeah, so um, for those who didn't see it, like you know when someone tries to do a is it a Maradona spin and you come down the ball sort of hard and touch your foot over it and spin back the other way? You could see that's what Josh De Silva was like trying to do. But in the absence of the ball being there, he just came down really hard on Hoiberg's leg. Um, and it looked absolutely awful. I think it looked worse than it was, to be honest, but then it was actually quite bad as well. Um, but they made up on Twitter. Did you see this? <laughs> I did see this, but you better read it out for everyone. So Josh De Silva tweeted, anyone that knows me knows it was never intentional. You know when you've made a tackle and it, like, it's worldwide news, that's good news. Um, and then he wrote, dot, 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 we'll learn from this. And Hoiberg being the classy professional that he is replied, of course you didn't mean it, so don't worry. I'm a Viking and I am fine. That was a bit much. But you owe me a new shin pad. You have a great future ahead, Josh De Silva. Be strong and keep working hard. Best of luck to you and your team. Big hug. That's a come and get me to Jose, isn't it? Tottenham needs to think it is. Um, but, no, I think Spurs were good for the win. Um, a nice goal um, by Suzoko in the 12th minute header. Um, and then Son um, pops up with a goal in the 70th as well. But, yeah, Brentford were um, – they've beaten four Premier League teams to go on to this cup run. So I think they've done rather well to, to get where they are. But, um, yeah, Spurs were too much for them. Spurs go through to the final of the League Cup. Is Jose going to bring some silverware? Have you seen Jose's record in cup finals? Oh, it's I couldn't – I had it before and I can't find it. I think he's only lost like two out of something like 12. And don't quote me on that fact, but it, it's outrageous. And yeah, he lost – yeah, he lost two. Uh, yeah, two out of twelve or fourteen. One was at Real Madrid, and one was at Sporting. But apart from that, he's won all domestic competitions that or finals that he's been in. So Spurs go through to the final, and they will play Man City. Man City beat Manchester United two nil. What did you make of this game? Uh, I thought City were much the better side, um, and it probably went to script. So City were the better team, created the chances. Manchester United had a couple of chances on the break, but the biggest talking point out of this game was the performance of Bruno Fernandes. So we talked about Alexander-Arnold um, and how much he doesn't like having the ball. Um, I got a friendly text message from a, a, um, a colleague who let me know how many times Bruno Fernandes turned over the ball, and he just looked so tired. And if he's not playing well, Manchester United are not playing well. What do you think? Yeah, okay, no, I think it's probably similar to the Chelsea game where I thought this is more reflective of how good Man City are rather than where United are or where where Chelsea are. I think they are where they are and I think they'll be sort of close but nowhere near the top, whereas I think Man City are the real deal and I think they'll go on and, and probably win this competition. And as I said before, I think they're, they're likely to win the, the Prem now um, based on, on form and, um, and the players that they've got in there. But... Another good performance from John Stones and um, we're saying that he scored that goal off his hip, yeah, off his junk. Yeah. What are you thinking? Yeah, I think it's his hip. but um, Off his I, hip. That was coming for a little while. what about the Fernandinho volley in the 83rd minute? Yeah, Ball well, gets headed out by Tellez, I think, and just absolutely cracked it back in by Fernandinho um, and that was that 2-0. He's such a wily bastard, Fernandinho. Like, I know he didn't start game. more. I'd start him before um, Rodri. Oh, I think it's because he's old. He's like 35. But he's just so – like he's so good at breaking up the counterattacks. And obviously if Manchester United can't counterattack, it's quite difficult for them. But just like the little fouls or the interceptions, I thought he was – like he's – I know he's really good, but I feel like he's a bit underrated in that setup, like what he brings. He was. I thought he was excellent in that game. 
Yeah, I thought he was excellent and I think he regularly plays um, really, really well. And I feel like he's played so many games. He's been there so long for Man City as well. Yeah, um, but he certainly gives a bit more confidence to John Stones and Diaz who are both excellent um, in this game. Um, and City, yeah, just too good. Um, Manchester United need to go and sort of clean up their wounds after that one. But I think I think City are going to take this out again. So what's that, the fifth time in a row? Yep. Uh, and they would have won. If they win this, they would have won. F- um, oh, it's like seven out of the last nine or something stupid like that. Yeah, I kept hearing the bloke rattle off the numbers and I just got sick of it by the end. I get it. They're winning the game. They've won a shitload of these. It's a tie energy drink. Um, but so the final is on the 26th of April and we'll have a look at that closer. Man City versus Tottenham, Pep versus Jose. It had to finish like this, didn't it? It did have to finish like this and what a way to finish the first cup competition of the season. So that is the Carabao. So we're on to the FA Cup now and we really have to whip through these um, these games. So there's a lot of games, but we've just picked out just a little handful, haven't we? Yep. So first one's Aston Villa versus Liverpool. Aston Villa are COVID-stricken, but this one is important because last time these two teams played, Aston Villa hit Liverpool for seven. Do you think that's going to happen again? I don't think so. Um, I think Liverpool would want to, want to put things right, but at the same time, I'm just not sure they've got the players available to, to do that. No, I think this will be an under-23s game, to be honest. I don't so even, from both teams. I don't think Dean Smith will be in attendance. Um, bit of a you know, F you to Klopp, I think. Um, he's going to send the under-23s manager as well. So, um, so hang on, just at the, at the time, uh, before you, you give any more predictions and make yourself sound too daft, um, there is a score update. We're at the 73rd minute. Liverpool 4, Villa 1, Sadio Mane double, one Aldum and Salah. So it looks like Liverpool played a strong team and we'll get Villa, through. Villa did not. Um, when you have a chance, have a look at that Villa team sheet and tell me if you know any of those names. Um, okay, so the next one is Wolves versus Crystal Palace. So Wolves are currently leading 1-0 thanks to Adama. Um, so that's pretty much gone the way that we thought it would. Yeah, I think so. I think Wolves will be um, too, too strong for, for Palace. Yep. Yeah, I've got that one on in front of me and not too much is happening. Um, next one is Leicester City travel to Stoke City. Any chance of an upset here? No, Leicester will trounce them um, away from home. Our, home. our away form is good and, yes, we can do it at Stoke. Yep, there you go. So I'm pretty confident Leicester can get through that one as well. So then QPR Fulham. So I've only highlighted this one. It's a bit of a derby. Um, and Fulham are struggling, but so are QPR. Oh, I don't know. They, these clubs, they, they're very similar in how they um, operate and like the look and the feel of both the clubs, don't you think? Yeah. Like QPR and Fulham. Yeah, I do. And I, I think Fulham, I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world if Fulham got knocked out, to be honest, so they can focus on the league. Focus on the league. Um, do you remember that time when um, – Oh, was it two seasons ago when Fulham come up and they spent all that, that money on all those um, players and they didn't really stick? That reminds me of that QPR team where they signed... Um, Tarat. Uh, Tarat, yeah, that's him. Yeah, no. I, yeah, so I think I think this one will probably go the way of Fulham based on how bad QPR are right now, but I don't think it'd be the worst thing in the world if Fulham were to lose that game. All right. Arsenal, Newcastle. Um, are you thinking that uh, Arteta will get it over Brucey's boys? Um, I suppose Arteta needs it more than um, Brucey, doesn't he? Yeah, again, I think Newcastle could be knocked out of this competition. It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for them, so they can focus on the league. Um, what I'm interested in this game is if Ar- if Arsenal can keep the ascendancy that they've got from Smack and West Brom. So can they go out and get it done against Newcastle again? Because one of the problems with this Arsenal team is their consistency. So they need to turn up and get this one done just to keep that like sort of form going. Yeah, keep their momentum. I, th- I think they will. Um, I think they will just – I don't think their form could drop off that dramatically from um, battering West Brom. So, I think they'll get it done against Newcastle. It's Arsenal. Anything could happen. So, Manchester United versus Watford. So, this one's exciting because um, we might see a couple of players that we don't see no- normally very often from Manchester United. So, I'm thinking of Donny van der Beek's the world. Um, Palestri was supposed to start, but he has COVID now, so he may not. Diallo may come into the squad. Um, obviously, Edison Cavani is suspended, but we might see – there's a chance we could see Phil Jones even. Oh, I don't know about Phil Jones, but um, what I am looking forward to seeing is um, Troy Deeney. Troy Deeney. 
Jesus, Troy, is he is he right? I thought he might be injured. Hope not. Hopefully he's all right. Um, one of the one of the pod's favourites. Yeah, Troy, he's been in jail. Um, but Watford are actually sixth in the championship. Form is not great, but I feel like this is one of those ones that could be a potential banana skin. Oh, nah. Man, man you're not going to get it done. Too strong. All right. I'd keep an eye on that fixture. So next one is Chelsea versus Morecambe. If Chelsea lose here, Frank loses his job. <laughs> no. Um, well, no, they won't lose, so I don't think I have to answer the second question. Uh, Morecambe are up to seventh in the league too, um, but anything could happen here. So <laughs> I think Chelsea will get it done by a few, um, and they need. I think they need to really batter them too, just to get that confidence back. Don't want any banana skins here. So Man City um, take on Birmingham. So this fixture was potentially in doubt, but I think it's going ahead. Um, how much will Man City win by? 10? 12? Uh, they'll rotate it and they'll win by multiple. But, yeah, too strong for Birmingham. Yeah, so Birmingham currently sitting 18th in the championship. Um, I think they've lost four of their last five. So I think they could be in for a, a bit of a battering here. Um, so next one is Marine versus Tottenham. So this one's interesting because obviously um, in the non-COVID world, this would be a great fixture for a a small club to get like Tottenham to come to town. But um, what do you think of Marine's chance against Tottenham? They knocked over City of Liverpool, so, you know, big name. Kendall Town, Southport – oh, no, they lost to Southport, sorry. But they've knocked over – a number of little names on the way, Haven't and Waterloo. What chance do they have against Spurs? Uh, very little. I think Jose will shuffle the pack. I think we could even see Dali Alley um, play and Joe Hart play. And I think Tottenham will be far too strong. Yeah. So next one is next and final is Stockport versus West Ham. So Stockport obviously very close to our hearts. Um, seeing them play live once, very entertaining stuff against West Ham. Is this a potential banana skin? Mm, Stockport. Did we watch it at Stockport? We did too, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was very enjoyable. Yeah, beautiful ground there. Um, good Snickers and cup of tea there as well. Um, but I think West Ham will get it done with the Suchek goal. Oh, Suchek goal. He scores every week, doesn't he? Um, yeah, so not really much to get excited about in that FA Cup, but we are still sort of in the early days. Um, but that's it for the FA Cup this week. If you want to get in touch with us, it's email is footballplayedonpaper at gmail.com. Um, Facebook football played on paper, Insta at football on paper, Twitter at football on pods. And we'll be back early next week to have a look at the FA Cup review. Um, and there's also a midweek fixture, Manchester United versus Burnley, where Manchester United could go top of the league. Yeah, six Premier League games. I think they're mostly all catch-up games for anyone who hasn't played the full suite of 17 fixtures. But um Big episode. Jeez, we're generous to the listeners. Thick episode. Um, But that's it. Enjoy the football and we'll see you soon.